to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal, and unfortunately this week, uh, Josh is not with us, uh, but instead we've invited back onto the front porch after a long uh, travel through the woods, Cameron Yowza. Wow, hi. I am just so honored to have forced my way on here and led <laughs> Josh into a temporary coma. Uh, <laughs> In order to finally be invited back on this show, um, wow, it, it's yeah. really great. It's good to have you, <laughs> man. I hope Josh is okay. I didn't even know about that. Homa, <laughs> uh, he's he's out back. He's being tended to by some forest animals. Uh, he'll be he'll be okay. I think. Good. Um, <laughs> Josh I put him in a glass him. coffin. Um, sure. I mean, so that way. Huh, you know, actually, there's no ventilation, so. Yeah, I wonder how that'll work. But probably, uh, I congealed his blood, so he'll probably be okay. <laughs> so, uh, if you could not glean from the conversation, we are talking about Snow White uh, today, and that is going to be fun. The very first Disney movie uh, made, finally got around to it. Uh, and so we're actually going to start by letting Josh do a quick trivia uh, about Snow White. So Josh, take it away. Hey guys, it's me, Josh. I'm here. Yes, I'm not here for the whole episode, but I thought that I would make an appearance. This is my appearance. I'm here to do trivia for you. So this one, we're watching Snow White, if they haven't mentioned yet. And I've got a couple of interesting things here. The first is that uh, this is the first full-length animated feature film to come out of the United States. The first ever was El Apostol, 1917, and Sin de Rastros, 1918, by Carino Cristiani, but both of those are considered lost to the ages. So, that's pretty cool. It was the highest-grossing animated film of all time, adjusting for inflation, obviously, and it's the... it was the highest-grossing film of all time, not just animated, for one year until the following year Gone with the Wind came out, and that took the reins. The name Dopey was kind of hated by producers, but Walt Disney fought for it, saying that Dopey was was a real word. The, the producers said that it wasn't a real word, he said it was a real word because it was used in one of Shakespeare's plays. They bought it, and they used the name Dopey. But to this day, nobody has found Dopey anywhere in Shakespeare's plays. It was the first Disney animated movie. The only ones that he had put out before that weren't full length. They were things like your, your animated shorts with uh, Steamboat Willie and characters like that. All your favorite characters. The last one that I have is that this movie, prior to this movie coming out, the term for multiple dwarves was dwarfs. And it still was after this movie came out, actually. But the following year, J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit came out. And in that book, they used the term dwarves. And so Walt Disney changed the name of this movie 
to be Snow White and the Seven Dwarves to accommodate J.R.R. Tolkien's idea of what multiple dwarves was. So that's all that I have for you in terms of trivia. I'm going to hand it back to those guys because they seem like they have a handle on this, probably. So I I know that Tony's going to make a joke about me being dumb or something. So I will forego that by saying Tony smells and he's tall and he's he's not very fashionable. But we will be back next time with our porch week Christmas thing. Porch week? I think we, we, we settled on porch week. So we're going with porch week. It's only going to be two episodes, not four. But I think they're going to be a lot of fun. So that's also when our drinking episode is going to be. Make sure that you... Stick around for those. Those are going to be a lot of fun. Don't don't miss them. And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to those guys. And that was Josh taking it away about trivia. So let's get started, Yaza, uh, about Snow White. Um, I I just want to say before we do anything, it is like there are going to be two competing conversations in this in this uh, movie when we talk about Snow White because it is hard to underestimate and understate like how much Snow White has impacted Disney films and like sort of shaped the way we like not just Disney but like our whole culture Um, and like we're gonna see lots of TV tropes and movie tropes from this that like are just so prevalent in our lives and then on the other hand (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because the entire time I was watching it, I was paying attention to the way that she moves, and the way she moves is is like so cliched. But then I realized it's yeah, probably not that no, cliched. Over and over again, it's probably just like that. Everybody copied like, Snow, Snow White. White. Like it looked like it looks like kind of boring now to like if you've watched a lot of other movies, especially Disney movies. Uh, but it's actually like a lot of tropes come from this, like, and we'll we'll get really into that. At the same time, there are a lot of things that are like that make this movie like really. Um, how do I say, Yelza? Uh, you know what I want to say here. Uh, I think you might. When I was watching it, I was tempted to read a political, social, uh, economic view into it. Uh, which made it really awkward for some parts. The entire middle with the dwarves. <laughs> and, and I think if you choose to watch the movie that way, Snow White comes across really badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also think that, like, just generally, it's like anytime you watch a movie from like the 30s uh, or the 40s or even the 50s, like you're going to see things that are just like like culturally strange now and also that like we would have problems with now uh, and that wouldn't end up in a movie now. And I think that that is like definitely true of this movie. Uh, and not just like in a like, like, this, like this is like sexist or something like that, but just like the way the characters talk is like, <laughs> like it would be, um, like it would almost be like, like you'd be talking down to the audience, even if the audience is kids in like this day and age. Absolutely. So I think that's enough background. We're gonna get into these sort of ideas as we go, um, but 
uh, before we do, I'm going to pause to allow you, if you should cho so choose, to go and watch the movie. If you don't, you know, I'm not going to braid you. I'm not Josh. I won't tell him. You've probably seen Snow White before. It's like probably fine. You'll probably know what's going on, right? Anyway, pause. And we're back. You may or may not have watched Snow White just now. So we start off with the queen at the mirror. We like see this picturesque castle and it's like, again, one of those tropes that like it starts with the storybook opening and there's a picturesque castle. But this was like the first time where like, or one of the first times where like a Disney like, or any kind of movie starts with a book opening. And, it, like, we make fun of it up to the point of, like, exhausting it in Shrek. Exactly. And, like, kind of, like, <laughs> uh, and, like, you know, turning it on its head. But it starts here, and it's, like, newish here. Um, yeah. Um, and what... I had not seen this movie for a very long time. I probably hadn't watched it before last night since I was five or something like that. So wow. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of my understanding of the Snow White story comes from parodies of it, you know, like Shrek. And it opens with the storybook, which in Shrek is really funny. He tears it out to wipe his ass. Um, and then there's the part with the birds, but we can get to that later. But I actually really appreciate the storybook opening. Yeah. Um, I think it no, points it... to the fairy taleness of this story, uh, which is in stark contrast to the movies that Disney's been producing lately, which are very much supposed to be sort of a a modern like Hollywood film type story. But this is very clearly a fairy tale that's supposed to teach children something, uh, and opening it as a book is a clear sign of that from the beginning. Yeah, that's really interesting. It's that sort of play on it is a book. It is a story. And it, like, fairy tales have a specific job in our society. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, well, what we learn right off the bat is there's a queen, and she has some sort of demonic slave? She calls it a slave. Is. That's... <laughs> That's really fantastic. She addresses the mirror not as, like, mirror. She says, slave. Yeah. Show to me. Like, right off the bat. <laughs> like. Probably not a good guy. <laughs> it's a really great way to establish that this is a very evil queen. <laughs> she's, she's, she's bad, man. She, she has the demonic slave and... Like, it seems to know a whole lot about objective beauty, so you can imagine it being used for other ways, but the queen is really good at just making sure that she's the most beautiful in the land, and that is what she keeps asking the mirror over and over again. And there's one problem with this. From what I can tell in the movie, the entire land consists of one queen, one Snow White, and seven dwarves. And one huntsman. Sure, sure. We see no one else. Uh, don't forget the prince. Well, he's, he's from somewhere <laughs> else, presumably, right? <laughs> but there's no one else in this town? Castle? Somewhere? Where this is? Woods? Surrounding? Yeah, no, it's true. 
It's also like you can imagine the queen asks the mirror every day. So like today was the day that Snow White finally surpassed the queen in beauty, objectively. Yeah, in um, quantitative beauty. I mean, <laughs> you don't see it. It's hiding behind the, the demon's face. But in the darkness in the background behind you, you see there are bar graphs that are slowly, incrementally getting higher and lower. <laughs> and yeah, today was the day. Snow White finally prettier. Um <laughs> so the queen has a lot of like we have a lot of questions about the queen's like sort of judgment and like uh use of a demonic slave you know uh if i had uh, a demon in a mirror that could tell me objective beauty i might use it for other things uh, expanding my realm uh you know uh figuring out the best way to make a chocolate chip cookie etc etc and maybe she does use it for other things but in this uh movie we really focus on that on her vanity yes and so we finally get to meet snow white uh at the well and she's singing to birds she's singing into the well uh and it's um it is what it is it is a song that where she is singing i guess she's like a teenager, I guess, theoretically, in this film. Uh, I'm guessing like 16 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, her song is basically uh, about how she wants a uh, her love to appear. And uh, and she's singing to the birds. I guess you want to talk about birds singing? Oh, yeah. Well, not that part necessarily, but she's <laughs> singing to the bluebirds a little bit later. Uh, okay, gotcha. Well, her wish is fairly shallow, but it does come true. The random dude shows up. <laughs> a random guy shows up because she he hears her singing, comes over the wall, and starts singing about how much he loves Snow White, who he has saw singing. I I wonder if this is the first time they've met or whether they've met before, because later in the movie when she's talking about the prince who is charming. <laughs> That's what she refers to him as because she does not know his name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like she's known him a while and they've like spent time together, but we don't actually see it uh, in the movie. She runs away from him. <laughs> she like, no, she doesn't know this dude. She like literally ran away from him. When she is singing later on, she's delusional about how well she knows this. Wow, well, I don't think you're giving her <laughs> enough credit because I think there could have been some time that passed between this first flirtation and then when she gets taken away by the huntsman. I don't know. Okay, I'm fine with that. Uh, maybe I. What like it still doesn't change the fact that he is he he pops up, scares her she's, like, less scared because he's singing about how much he loves her even though he has not spoken to her except through song. And then, like, if they talk later, I guess I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> but they definitely didn't talk beforehand. And so it makes this seem a little strange. It is weird. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it speaks to the fairy tale-ness of it. Because, yeah. like, he doesn't have a name. He's just Prince who is charming. Her name is Snow White, which isn't really a name. It describes her <laughs> skin color. <laughs> so, 
And I think that that like kind of speaks to this fairy tale aspect of love and what love is. And I assume what love would be in like a different time. It's not necessarily like a deep emotional uh, connection so much as and like intellectual connection so much as it is a like I see this person and they look pretty and they seem to like me. And so we are in love. Um, and so like it, I guess like the concept of love has either changed or their concept of love was different in fairy tales told to children than it is, uh, than it ever was. Yeah. I th- and maybe a little bit of both. I think you're right. Um, it definitely harkens back to courtly love, uh, in medieval romances, uh, which is of course pretty much the same setting as these fairy tales. Oh, a good call out yeah. uh, to the opening credits. They mentioned that is, that it is of course a Grimm's uh, fairy tale. Um, and more so, I think it actually also speaks to the theme of the story. Um, do you want to talk about that now or at the end? No, go for it. Well, I think the theme of the story is really simple. It's basically, if you're a good person, things are going to turn out well for you in the end. And if you're a bad person, you're going to fall off a mountain and have a, a boulder fall on you. And so... As is wont to happen. And so when Snow White uh, finds Prince Charming, of course there's not a lot of talking to do. It's just fated that she'll end up with him and he is her true love because she is an intrinsically good person. Yes, it is very like black and white good and evil. That is true. And speaking of which, we can go. So he sings, we, the Snow White sends a bird to literally peck him. And that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, the uh, queen, we get back to the queen, and the queen is like, I can't have anyone more beautiful than me. Huntsman, you must kill her. And he's like, no. And she's like, you know what will happen to you <laughs> if you don't. And so he's like, okay. Um, so we, we learn that the queen wields like some sort of like power over people. Uh, and it's probably like coercive. Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert, nothing does happen to him. I mean, that we know of. I guess? <laughs> like he definitely puts the the pig's heart in the box or whatever but then like doesn't like like we don't know if she came after him and his family after yeah that's another thing that may have been alighted for time yeah um anyway so specifically she says put her heart in this box not her head don't bring me her body give me her heart because i know what her heart looks like like I can tell the anatomic differences between a, a human heart and another animal's heart somehow. Uh, yeah. Clearly not. She, <laughs> this was not well thought through. She screwed the pooch on that one. <laughs> I, I mean, I was wondering about that, you know, halfway through the movie, whether the huntsman ever returned with her heart or not. And it's revealed that it's a pig's heart. And aren't pig's hearts, like, way bigger than humans? <laughs> Are they I a similar don't size? Know anything about pig's hearts? <laughs> Actually, come to think of it, that's probably not true because don't they use pig valves sometimes? 
to replace human valves for hearts. I believe you. Yeah. This seems I think that's actually reasonable. true. So maybe the huntsman was pretty anatomically accurate with his choice of a pig. I am now have a lot more questions about pigs' hearts, etc. Um, but we'll have to save that for our pig heart episode coming soon. Okay, Anatom. <laughs> I don't think he. I don't um, think she so could have asked for Snow White's head though, because she is the princess. So I think if there are actually uh, people in the kingdom, again, not totally sure about that. They presumably would get mad if they found Snow White's head or something like that. Yeah, that's what it is. Is that, like, they would... Yeah, but she could be smarter about this whole thing. She could just blame it on another realm. Oh, no, the other guys... Like, this is a a way to grab more power. Those other guys took Snow White's head. Let's invade them. Like, hello? Yeah, I mean... Man, she, You're definitely right. She's, she could be way, way better if she used... But then she wouldn't just be asking the mirror about her uh, <laughs> about her, her beauty right. <laughs> if she was that character. So <laughs> She's not great at this. Uh, we get into the woods. No, no. She's a villain, but not like the best of villains. Um, we get into the woods. And the huntsman is just standing kind of creepily off the side. Snow White suspects nothing, is uh, picking flowers, is talking to bluebirds, is saving them. It's very cute. Um, and then the, then the huntsman shows up and is like, I'm going to kill you. I can't kill you because I'm a good person too. Do you think if she were ugly, he would have killed her there? Yeah, I mean, like, he... Like, that is also a theme in this movie, is yeah. that, like, like, because she's so pretty, like, thing, like good things happen to her. Yeah, uh, even the jorks um, were like, uh, we're not going to bury you in a coffin, because you're dead, because yeah. you're too pretty for that. We yeah. have to put you in a, a glass coffin, so we can... So that way people can see your beauty even in death. Yeah, and you're so beautiful that you don't decay. Uh, cool. <laughs> This is fucking weird. Yeah, it no, is pretty strange. Definitely some strangeness yeah. there. Um, definitely some uh, some patriarchal thinking there. Um, but all of a sudden, like Snow White's reaction to this being told that she is, um, or that the Huntsman is like uh, was ordered by the Queen to kill her, she becomes like like super scared and like she is scared as fuck she like her eyes are like ah um and i like i i kind of was thinking about this i was trying to think of a good time like even up to like scooby-doo animation where like fear was really well represented on characters faces like i think i could probably think of some like in like recent films but I wonder if it's just harder to draw fear, if it's harder to, like, animate fear without being, like, over the top. Like, they went way over the top here, but, like, they do that, like, up through Scooby-Doo as well. And I think that, like, I just wonder if it's just difficult. Like, Scooby-Doo is doing different things, obviously. It's, like, comedic fear. But I just, like, 
I wonder if it is like just difficult to animate fear. Yeah, part of it comes down to the art style that Snow White is drawn in. Um, actually, when she enters the woods is when I notice that the animation changes quite a bit. Whereas does, before, yeah. it's it's, it's actually pretty do. naturalistic um, in yeah. the way that the humans are drawn. Uh, and even the, the birds that she's talking to at the well uh, are really realistically drawn. When she gets to the woods, everything is, okay, now this is an American cartoon. Um, it's an amazing well and it also becomes like uh it's like you enter the woods and it's like all of a sudden magical and like it's different feelings. yeah i mean it's a you know hero's journey type of thing you, you descend into the supernatural uh, which is what she does but i think um a downside of the way that she's drawn is that she doesn't have a lot of detail in her face a lot of it is yeah. drawn with color instead of lines so they don't have a lot to work with uh, to show fear or different emotions. Sure. I mean, like, this is a decades-long animation movie as it was, so if you spent a lot more time on lines, it would be it would be longer of a process still. Yeah. Well, I actually, I mean, I appreciate the way that she's drawn. I think it's rather beautiful, actually. Uh, her and the queen uh, and... Prince Charming. It's it's very different than what you see later from Disney, where everything is much more cartoony. That's fair. She is more realistic uh, than a lot of the definitely what comes later. Yeah. Um, she's running through these woods, scared as fuck. The the woods are scary. She's like. Like, her fear is making everything else worse. Trees look like monsters. Monsters look like trees. It's awful. Uh, she finally, like, chills out and, like, well, she, like, kind of collapses. And then uh, she, like, kind of chills out because the baby animals are all there. And this is something that she says when she wakes up. She, like, she's like, oh, my God, there's baby animals all over me. And she's, like, surprised. And then all the baby animals run away, and she's like, I'm so ashamed at the fuss I made, because she was, like, surprised by the animals. <laughs> and so that was kind of funny uh, to me, like a weird reaction. I'm sorry to have frightened you, uh, animals who were surrounding me. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I think Snow White, as a character, um, really values, what, like, stoicism, or kind of or maybe not that no that's probably wrong but uh like a classic american optimism so i think sure. so she's ashamed to have ever gotten scared in the first place because yes. she's perfect nothing bad can actually happen to her so she's Which, like, ashamed for having a moment of doubt yeah <laughs> <laughs> she is immediately rebounding from this like whole my stepmom wants to kill me thing and also by the way she's like a powerful witch and can do whatever she wants uh, if she put her mind to it um, anyway she gets rabies and she goes uh, <laughs> she goes with the animals to uh, a house in the woods and it's like wonderful she sings a song about how much she smiles um, because Smiling is good and optimistic, sort of like what you were saying. Um, and so she gets this house, and no one is home. So she busts in, and she's like, my fucking house now. 
(laughs) (laughs) It seems abandoned, though, because it's so dirty, right? Well, she pretty quickly, like, assumes people live there. Like, she's like, oh, yes, people live here. Yeah, her mind goes to some weird places immediately. (laughs) She seems, oh, there's definitely a group of children that live here. But they're just really messy. Because it's small and they're orphaned because it's messy and no mother would allow a mess. Uh, Yes, she is the most maternal Disney character of all time. (laughs) I mean, she literally walks into a room and sets up a house immediately. (laughs) Says, this is not right. A, it's dirty. B, there's no food on the fire where are all the loaves of bread and where have the children gone off to yeah I mean it's like also indicative of like the roles of women at the time like later on she's like I will trade living here by keeping house for you and so it's like she can she has also been trained to do that like her whole life she has been in rags and like you know practicing like you know she's been doing uh cleaning random stairs outdoors because that makes sense um here's what i'm thinking in her head she's like i'm a wanted fugitive for my beauty my stepmother who's a witch wants to kill me this happened i learned about this two days like two hours ago best clean this house so that i can live here <laughs> like that's her like mindset like she is like a very interesting character <laughs> well, i wonder if if she says to herself, I need to clean this house so that I can live here, or if she's like really doing it out of altruism, I think it might be the latter case. I think she's honestly just like a super great person and says these people can't live in squalor. Yeah, but she also says like if I clean it, then they'll let me stay. Like maybe they'll let me stay. She says, she does specifically say that at one point. I think you're probably right that like if she wasn't a good person, she wouldn't have done that, uh, and would have probably just sat around and waited for the people to get there. Yeah, um, yeah. But we get our our wonderful cleaning song, "Whistle While You Work." Um, this movie's a lot like Bambi that we've talked about in the past, and a lot of movies of this time. Uh, it's got many short, like, vignettes, uh, and, like, uh, this is, I think it's important maybe now to talk about how, like, this stems, like, a lot of the practice that Disney got in the Silly Symphonies, uh, like, can definitely be seen here in, um, in Snow White in their songs, and, like, there's just, like, a lot of, like, kind of slapstick-style comedy, uh, and, like, like, while a song is going on. Yeah, I think a lot of it, like you said, from the Silly Symphonies, uh, the shorts that they would put before feature-length feature length movies. So this one sort of turns into a collection of shorts that are tied together to make a feature-length movie. Yeah, And it's great, because and, and, each of those little vignettes has a little lesson for the kids that are watching. This one is you should how to clean. While you work. And then there's the later <laughs> one with the drawers. How to clean yourself with soap. <laughs> it, it's a very didactic movie. And I was learning a lot while I was watching it. So. 
sure, sure. Uh, how to go... I'm going to think about that next time I wash, honestly. Uh, and yeah, I think that was sort of the purpose of this movie. Kids are going to watch that and be like, hey, I, I kind of remember that song. Wash my hands. <laughs> Um, and so let's get to that point because I love that scene. Um, but before we do, the dwarves are mining, and it seems to be that they are mining for no yes. reason. Yes. Oh my god, I'm so glad I'm not the only one that <laughs> picks up on that. So they uh, say we don't know what we're uh, what we're mining for or we're digging for, but we dig, 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 dig. Yeah, and this is where I really started to turn on my uh, <laughs> social analysis. Uh, lens when I was watching the movie because I felt so bad for these dwarves. They're clearly like lower class. They work all day. And, and get this. They're digging up rubies and diamonds by the score. They don't keep any of them. Where do they go to? Why are they still so poor? So I actually am going to argue this a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Like, what are they doing with the diamonds? They're just throwing some of them away. There's some, some of them are just sitting in the, I don't know. It's confusing. They definitely are not getting the worth of those, of those gems. Um, but then again, gems don't seem to be worth that much. Cause like, he just like leaves the key on the, on the door to the vault, uh, just sit chilling there. So like either gems are not worth that much in this universe or cause they do seem to just pop out of there. Uh, you know, totally refined already and like all over the place. But the, the dwarves themselves are also like pretty self-actualized people. They've like carved all of their like, like there's like beautiful carvings throughout their house that like have had to have taken thousands of hours to carve. Yes, I, I really uh, did appreciate they all, that. They're, they're definitely artists. They're all like, yeah, they're also all like, pretty great musicians so like they're it's not like they have no free time to like to become their fullest selves um uh they're just messy uh (laughs) (laughs) no i think you're right i Uh, mean i don't think you actually can get like a political economic lesson from this movie it ultimately falls apart (laughs) But it is sad. I, yeah. I was sad to think about the dwarves because Snow White's really nice to them, but she's also really kind of condescending. Oh, I mean, yeah. these are these are like seven children. men who have lived their whole lives, you know, taking care of each other, and she swoops in and tells them that they're doing everything wrong uh, yeah. while trespassing on their yeah, property. Yeah, I know. And then she disappears, like, without a second glance at the end, too. So there's Uh, that. (laughs) Yeah, the structure of this movie is really weird. It just begins, and then it really just ends. There's there's no... (laughs) Just Prince Charming wakes her up, and then they leave, and then it's over. And you don't don't find out anything that happens to them. Yeah. (laughs) It's really... I was watching it, and and I said to my wife, I was like, Heidi... Snow White just ends. It's just over. <laughs> There's no denouement. There's. It just stops. <laughs> I had to double check. I was like, so, is, is my version messed up? There's no ending at all. 
so would you like like a Lord of the Rings style like like kind of seven years later epithet? Like maybe not something like that, but just if it had shown something along the lines of Tangled, for instance, it's like this adventure is over, but they do end up getting married and then they're happily ever after. But it just ends with them mm. walking off into the sunset. And I guess you can assume that that stuff is going to happen because she talks about how she wants it to happen and everything that she wants to happen. They does. also say at the end they lived happily ever after. So. Oh, does it? I, I, am, I might have missed that. But I don't know. I would have liked just a little bit, like uh, another 30 seconds to show they make it home at least. <laughs> there weren't bandits on the road <laughs> taking them out on the way home. <laughs> Before that, we are jumping a lot around on this episode. <laughs> um, before that, uh, the dwarves are hi-hoing home. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Best song. It's really beautiful there. Uh, that is an excellent song. Actually. There are a lot of songs in here that are, like, super catchy and, like, again, they're the, like they're kind of boring and that's maybe why we're not talking about them right now is because, but they're only boring because we have, like, they are part of our collective cultural consciousness that, like, hi-ho, 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 like, is super catchy and, like, super interesting if you didn't hear it your entire life. Yeah, I actually, I actually, I really enjoy the music in this movie, but it's quite different than what, than what Disney would end up making after Little Mermaid. Because after Little Mermaid, the movies oh, yeah. had to be, like, actually catchy. To where they would stick in your mind, yeah. and you would want to sing them all the time. It was like Broadway style. Yeah, yeah. whereas these, whereas the uh, songs in these movies are more lyrical, they're more meant to like be listened to. Um, they're not supposed to yeah. become hits or whatever. They're just nice to listen to, and they're beautiful well, they're also songs. More like they're they're also more closely like aligned to like kind of folk music. Yeah. Uh, and so, like, and that makes sense for both the time and the setting of the film. Like, the, the setting of the film and the setting of, like, when the film came out in our history. Well, you but, can imagine uh, Hi-Ho being, in, like, an actual working song for people in the Depression. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we don't want to skip on the songs. Uh, the songs are great. They're just, they're not what you'd expect in a Disney movie now. No, certainly not. <laughs> Um, and even I would argue, like, like before, like well before, like Jungle Book has like a pretty, like a pretty poppy uh, sort of soundtrack, yeah, it does. Uh, and not, and not like anything like what we're listening to here. Um, well, Snow White does the uh, does the uh, the thing where she she goes up, she tries the porridge, she falls asleep in the 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 just right bed and uh, so do all the animals and uh, she just like she's like oh there are beds here don't mind if I do <laughs> and just falls asleep she is very like I can I can do this this is fine <laughs> she's really lucky she, that she... the house isn't owned by bears uh, which is what I was thinking <laughs> right like <laughs> she just like she takes and takes and takes, and that is not the moral of this story, but you could imagine that it was if it was Goldilocks. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, the you hear the, the dwarves coming back, hi, ho, hi, ho. And the animals just leave her to die. They don't even bother waking her up. They're just like, oh, God, and they run out. Um, so we learned what kind of uh, true friends those animals are in that situation. <laughs> um, They're a little bit better later. The, they, they do. They, they get better. Uh, <laughs> but... Like they had to, they sort of had to fail first and like let their their main character down in order to like the the arc of the of the woodland creatures is actually a pretty complex one. Yeah, it's I something that I don't know if we should get into in, in this kind of podcast. It's really more a, a, like a deep dive, five hour long uh, odyssey, um, <laughs> long form, much much longer form. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you want to hear all so my we, thoughts we, on woodland creatures, check out my blog spot. <laughs> is it still that turned out? Is that one it? Uh, no, that's my Facebook. I don't, I don't know what my blog spot is anymore. <laughs> um, so Grumpy's corns hurt, and this is not a good sign. Uh, they see the candle in the window, and they're like, "Oh shit, somebody's there." It's probably a skeleton. It's probably a ghost. They, it's like this, and this scene is like kind of a, like another good quintessential like kind of slapsticky cartoony scene. Um, they like sneak up. They're surprised. Sneezy sneezes. We get to like learn a little bit about the characters here. Um, the birds are like assholes and scare the dwarves for no reason. Uh, they send Dopey after the witch because that makes sense. Uh, and then they all get scared by Dopey and beat him up. And finally, they go to kill Snow White. And then they realize that it's a girl. And they are conflicted as to whether or not they should just love and adore her beauty. Or fear her because of her wiles and poison. And they beautifully capture that mixed emotion by bowing down to her. <laughs> Did you notice that when she wakes up, she wakes up to find them bowing down, prostrate before her. <laughs> it's a pretty weird, like, change of a turn of events, real fast. The dwarves, like, I like, I get it. She's royalty or whatever, but like, they don't know know that. <laughs> no, they don't. They know that she's really pretty, though, which is what really matters. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so she's wake, she wakes up and she's just like, nice to meet you. I was sleeping in your beds. I also cleaned your house. Uh, and like the only, and then she just like starts naming them off based on their attributes, which is like a little weird. Um, very cartoony though. Say this. And Grumpy has the only like normal reaction to her. She's, he's like, what the fuck? Who, who are you? Why are you here? Get out of my house. But he's grumpy. So we can't listen to him. <laughs> one thing I really appreciate about the dwarves is that they all have at least one character trait. <laughs> Only one character trait. Which you laugh, but does Snow White have one character trait? No, she is... She has zero. Uh, she has zero character traits. She is driven as the white... Or white as the driven snow. That, yeah. That's it. Um, and I also thought about uh, other famous dwarves. The ones in the Hobbit movie, they also have zero character traits. That's fair. 
they all have sort of the same character traits all together yeah. as a collective. Yeah. Um, that is fair. They all do have a thing that they have. I also, so when I, when, when we were just talking about this, Yaws and I once wrote a play together. Well, a couple of them, but in one of them, we like, we named all of our characters. I think we, we like maybe subconsciously took after this like idea of like a single character trait and, and we made fun of it a lot, but we had like man one, man two, man three, man four, like, and like we just named them like slightly different. So it was men two. Because uh, it's supposed to be Mantrio. French Canadian. Sure. Uh, and like they all had like a single character attribute. And like they were basically like grumpy, bashful, like. <laughs> and like we used it to like, we, we did it like as a kind of making fun of. But also because it was easier to write. <laughs> it did. It made it. Well, I mean, we knew that we had to have like secondary characters but we had no idea where to start with them so we said we're going to start with one thing and build off of that a little bit if we can and it, you know it really helped us focus on their dialogue like how is this person going to talk well this person's going to talk like an angry person <laughs> and this one's going to talk He's like a bashful mad. person our bashful person was actually pretty much a mix between bashful and dopey I think Man, yeah. <laughs> Man 5 was his name. Man 5. Good times. Um, so, anywho, uh, the, the queen finds... Grumpy is sensible and says, if the queen finds out, she'll wreak vengeance. Uh, but then she's like, but I can cook. And they're like, well, that's fine then. Let's just do that. <laughs> Did you notice their diet... Uh, she says that she'll cook pies for them, and she mentions, like, three kinds of fruit pies. And then later on, we see, like, a sack of potatoes. So I wonder if they're, like, are they vegetarians? Because they don't ever seem to eat meat. And they also seem to be friends well, with mean, the woodland creatures. They are friends. Well, at least Snow White is. It seems like there is a confused relationship between the dwarves and the woodland creatures at the beginning. Yeah, I think uh, so, too. But yes, it doesn't seem like they eat a lot of meat. Um, and so we, we get to the she can cook. They're very excited about that. They'll keep her on. Uh, we come to a uh, she's making fun of them for the, not washing their hands. And that's pretty awful. <laughs> but she's like these grown men. She's treating like uh, very, very, very much like children. And I guess like she can kind of get away with it because the word like fake they're they're mythical creatures uh and i and i think that's why she gets away with it um well they're also like very super dumb. Stumped. like they're not smart they're easily convinced and they just don't really have much mental acuity to say no to her she can talk circles yeah, around that's them that's true <laughs> Especially yeah. Doc, because he's supposed to be the smart one, but he always says things in reverse. It makes it very easy to win uh, arguments with Doc. Yeah. Um, so we get to the, 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 the song, and I'm just going to point out one thing here. Again, the song is a vignette. It's very, like, same sort of idea. Very, like, uh, kind of slapsticky, jokey, uh, with, with a good moral song. Um, 
but I, I wanted to point out that uh, Bashful is going to clean where it doesn't show, and I think that's the adult joke of this movie. That's about as, as adult jokey as it's going to get. Yeah, ding, 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 there it is. <laughs> Bashful says, do we have to clean where it doesn't show? And I kind of like that. Of course, he'd be bashful about it, right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so they eat, and they're happy, and uh, and they sing, and it is very folky, yodely, even. I really um, liked that, the yodely part of that song. A lot of fun. Yeah. Yodele, yodele. Um, I feel like we don't have enough yodeling in our culture, and maybe that uh, we should get Justin Bieber to yodel in his next song. We should get on that. Okay, Front Porch Nation. Uh, find Justin Bieber's email address, or Twitter, or something, and tell him that you want more yodeling in our pop songs. I think we need more yodeling pop songs. I think, like, if anyone could do it... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> JB. I believe. <laughs> Find him on Twitter. Tell him to yodel. <laughs> uh, and make sure that you that you at Froco Disney. So. <laughs> uh yeah. So uh meanwhile the witch is uh is becoming a a a hag as it were she is putting liquid dark liquid cackle liquid scream and actual lightning into a vial she's really well, good at no, this a, she is again where do you get action where do you get extract of talents like <laughs> she's she is wasting she, she her talents like on being vain she's misusing it yeah. yeah and that maybe is a different story how much power could she have if she was uh anywho if she was just better at being a villain. <laughs> I, I guess you can watch Once Upon a Time to answer that question. But, I guess so. I but then you'd have it, to so watch I'm that show. I not necessarily recommend it. Ooh. Hey. Beardy likes it. He he watches that show. A lot of people uh, I know like it, but I really don't. I have not even tried, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah. Anywho, Snow White tells the story of... Uh, like the 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 people are like, we just danced for you, so you have to tell us a story. And Snow White tells a story of the guy who spent three minutes singing to her, um, and she, <laughs> and how her prince will someday come for her. And uh, of course, she's right. But uh, I still find this really funny, and I like to imagine that it is actually the story of the guy who spent three minutes singing to her, and not the story of like. They hung out after that because I think it's a little bit funnier that way. Yeah, it's definitely funnier. She's <laughs> she's really deeply in love with this guy who she doesn't know his name. Yep. Um, and that's like in the vein of you know like Romeo and Juliet too. Like they don't know each other. Well, and if you're a little him. girl watching it, you can like insert your own name here. Right. That's. That's you true, can be I guess. Snow White yeah. because you don't have to fall in love with um, whatever his name is. You can fall in love with just a prince who is charming. A prince who is charming. 
Um, and then the dwarves uh, graciously give up all seven of their beds to Snow White, and Snow White goes to sleep, and the dwarves sleep in various places after they fight over feathers and a pillow. Uh, These dwarves it's are... It's very cute. <laughs> You're right. They give up all seven of their beds to Snow White. He's only going to use three of them at most. Um, <laughs> and I guess I guess it's for, like, modesty's sake. Sure, but, like, why not just grab the mattresses and pull them downstairs or something? That would make sense, but like I said, the dwarves aren't that smart. <laughs> no, not in this, uh, this version. Um... <laughs> We learn a little bit about the antidote. So, like, she's made this poison apple. The queen has. We go back to the queen. She's made this poison apple, and she's like, better not leave any stone unturned. Let's make sure there's no antidote. Oh, it's just true love's first kiss. Well, I know she doesn't know anybody because, you know. No one lives here. How could she? No one lives here in this realm. So (laughs) that's like a joke. She'll just be buried alive. (laughs) <laughs> you don't know the dwarves, lady. <laughs> she vastly underestimates how pretty Snow White is. <laughs> I think given time, oh, they probably no. would have paraded her around the kingdom like Abraham Lincoln's corpse. Probably. <laughs> uh, this again shows um, a, like a lack of planning on her part. <laughs> okay, so she's a powerful witch. She decides to use poison apple to kill her okay there's probably a better plan but it's all right she is smart enough to think well what's the antidote if it's a poison apple but i think at that point she should have said you know what i'm gonna go for something that has no antidote it would just like crossbow her to the head and be be done with it yeah so much easier but she she goes I, for a pretty literally wield plan. lightning. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't I just lightning bolt her? Because I can do that sometimes. <sighs> Whatever. Um, my next note is that birds can spell grumpy, which is pretty cool. Uh, in cursive, perfect cursive. Oh yeah, when she's making the pie, that's very sweet. When she's making the pie, yeah. She makes grumpy a pie, which makes me wonder, did she just make a pie that says grumpy, or did she make seven different pies, which would be, like, a lot. See, I think that the pie was for all of them, but she just put grumpy's name on there because she's because he's the only one that she has to win over. Yeah, and also because, like, she's, like, kind of being kind of funny. She's, like, kind of making fun of grumpy. Yeah, she totally grumpy is. could not play it cool when, when uh, she kissed him on the head. Grumpy could not play it cool. Grumpy was like falling in the river, was like <laughs> like stumbling over things. Like you think it's over and then it keeps going. Grumpy's like, oh, damn. <laughs> She's really pretty. So I like that there's yeah. a lesson in that. You know, if someone doesn't like you, try kissing them and then try making them a pie. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing there are no children listening to this podcast, cause <laughs> yeah, and it's a good thing that no children watch this movie. Uh, yeah, well, um, they ca- so the birds are like the birds spell, and then they are redeemed from their earlier misdeeds in leaving 
Snow White alone for the dwarves to kill by like catching on really quickly to the peddler woman's act because the peddler woman's really the queen trying to give an apple to Snow White. Uh, and they try to stop her and they are unsuccessful and Snow White's all of a sudden like very mistrustful of these woodland creatures. They're like, she's like, hmm, these woodland creatures, why would they be so mean to an old lady? Um, and so uh, when the woodland creatures could not stop the peddler woman all by themselves, they go to get menfolk to save the day. Um, unfortunately, as we learn later, the short old men can't save the day. Only a prince who is charming <laughs> can save a day. Yeah, it's actually something that the dwarves said earlier. They're like, oh, uh, your mom wants you dead, your stepmom? Mm, it would suck if she came here and tried to hurt you. But then they don't do anything to prevent that. Like, they don't, you know, leave Dopey there to guard or something like that. Lack of foresight on their part. Yeah, well, they have that really, really important mining to do. Yeah. For some reason. <laughs> yeah, for some reason it's not related to their wealth at all. I really like Snow White's reaction to the peddler woman. At first she sees her and she's freaked out because there's suddenly a solicitor at her window. Sure. And then she says... And also there are no humans in this, in this realm, yeah. so it's like, oh, shit, it's strange. people. And then she's like, hmm, but you're just an old lady, and I probably shouldn't judge you for looking so ugly. What's your pitch? And she tells her about the apples, but she's still scared. Like, the Snow White is scared the entire time that she's talking to this peddler woman. She's constantly, she's constantly backing up. Did you notice this? Oh, no. She's backing up across the room, yeah. and she ends up against the back wall. And the peddler woman just keeps <laughs> advancing, which is pretty much how I feel when I'm approached by solicitors. <laughs> no, I don't want to buy your apple. I'm sorry. I I know that you're probably a good person and that you're probably not evil, but I just don't like apples that that much. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I already have an apple subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I These know look that really Apple great, but give me more music. But I have a subscription to a different music uh, site. Apples are probably great, but I just like I'm not sure how it'd be that much different. Yeah, I have uh, a lovely gooseberry <laughs> pie right here, and I or potatoes. Uh, I'm really sorry, it looks really nice, but. <laughs> And then she's like, but this is a magic wishing apple. Like, she can read, she's, she's reading the room. She sees that, like, she's about to lose out on this, this apple selling deal. So she's like, well, this one is a special apple. This apple can give you twice the internet speed uh, <laughs> at half the cost. No, no data it is a magic wishing apple. <laughs> Net neutrality, folks. Be angry about its repeal. Um, Anyway, yeah, this is where I, Snow White really loses it for me because she knows that she's really pretty and that she's a good person. So she knows things are going to turn out well for her in the end. She should know that she doesn't need to rely on magic wishing apples. This is the lesson for yeah. kids. Don't take a shortcut. 
but in this universe, in this universe, like magic wishing apples, like probably are like a real thing. And like, she just doesn't want to wait. She's taking, uh, she's taking the, 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 like, she's trying to, right now. I want to, I want to solve my problems right now. She's taking initiative. She wants to wish on things. The wishing well worked out really well for her. She started singing, and all of a sudden, the guy showed up. Hey, that's true. Yeah. But in the end, she's being an impulsive teenager, uh, and it gets her into trouble. Yeah, that's true, too. Um, so she gets killed. She's dead now. And I just want to say the story arc of Snow White is that she takes no actions herself. Like, she, ne- she never really decides to do anything. Except clean. She just thinks happen to her and that is a common trope of women characters of this time and this time unfortunately it's just important to point out yeah well that too uh and to that point she gets killed and the dwarves follow the queen and the queen dies and it is pretty satisfying if like maybe not uh entirely believable after we have seen her wield lightning that a lightning strike would end up killing her. But uh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> the funeral is sad. Uh, Snow White is dead. And, uh, you know, she's just too pretty to bury, even if they the dwarves just knew her for a day or half a day or so. Uh, maybe especially uh, Unsure. Um, and the prince, he wanted to kiss the month's dead girl that he met once and sang to for three minutes. So he sent out looking for her and did just that. Um, and you know, yeah, also that thing that sometimes happens when you randomly kiss dead girls in the forest. Oh yeah, we've all been there, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and she comes to life and without saying anything, you gallop away on your horse as she kisses the dwarves that are lined up uh, behind her, that stood vigil over her dead body for months, doesn't even have a passing word to say to her, uh, to say to them, oh my God. <laughs> no thank you. No thanks for not burying me alive. <laughs> no. Tony, this movie has no, to end in 30 seconds. There is no time for that. <laughs> It's just like a tough scene. I mean, we're running out of animation. Feel, feel budget, right? That's there. the explanation. It has to be. <laughs> I think it's just that, like, they don't like the dwarves that much. Oh no! I'm trying to think of like an analog in like a different kind of movie, um, to a character that like did so much. And, like, was, like, such a good character, but got, like, so very little in return. <laughs> and, like, it was, like, fine. It wasn't, like, a, a plot point. Um, but it definitely is such in this movie. Yeah. I mean, they just sort of get shoved to the side. It, yeah. They don't matter. They're just the poor working class of the that the ruling elites use to rise to power. <laughs> and mine beautiful jewels for them. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's 
it is hard. I think at this time, it is hard to not read this scene where the where the prince shows up and just kisses the girl who is dead and months dead, who he met once as like not creepy, especially in this like time and setting where we are learning about so many people who are uh, without consent doing just that. Uh, well, maybe not to dead people, but to like living people. Uh, maybe. And, uh, well, yes, maybe, uh, we hope. Uh, and so I just want to give space and a moment to talk about that. Um, and just like, it is totally fine to feel creeped out by that, even if this movie is super old. It maybe like it does, like that doesn't necessarily have to be an argument. Uh, like if you feel like freaked out by that scene, like you are not alone, and that is totally cool. Agreed. Um, yeah. So uh, I think we did this movie justice. I think we've talked about Snow White. Again, like lots of things in this movie, like has have shaped what Disney has become. It was different than a lot of Disney movies as well, um, especially in animation style uh, and the time put into this particular film. Um, and I think that it's it's sort of like again, it's it's set the the uh, sort of like the tone for a lot of the like Disney princess uh, stories, especially in the in the films to come. Um, this one was like such a huge success, and so when like we were coming up with what should the next Disney movie be, uh, a lot of the ones that came out were like princess movies about like fairy tale medieval times in Europe, kind of thing. You're right, and actually wanted to, if you would like to talk about that a little bit, because you can see a lot of parallels between Snow White and Cinderella, and maybe more uh, Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, like, I actually would give both Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, like, they both get a lot more agency than Snow White did in this film. And I don't know uh, if that's just, like, the nature of those stories. Um, but I, I think that, like, it's also the nature of the time period when they came out. Uh, I think Cinderella more so than Snow White. Um yeah, for sure. Cinderella like, definitely has more agency than Aurora uh, or Snow White. Because both Aurora and Snow White basically are sent out into the woods and then they get put to sleep. Yeah. The, their stories are very similar, but then you see progression in storytelling between Snow White yes. and Sleeping Beauty. There's just a lot more to Sleeping Beauty's plot. Yes. And I think that... Um... When we do, uh, when we do Cinderella, we're also gonna have Savannah back on. She talked a lot about Brave, and she, uh, her and I have talked before about like um, how like like Brave is a progression from Snow White to Cinderella to Brave, and like how the story of that character changes throughout. So that is definitely a conversation we will have again, uh, and like in more depth. Um, with another one of our wonderful guests. So I think we're going to do this thing where Josh usually does this. So I'm just going to try my best. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, if you don't know where to, uh, maybe listen to our last episode where Josh tells you. Um, JK, Front Porch Disney at Facebook, Front Porch Disney or Fropo Disney on Twitter, 
Front Porch Josh is Josh. Front Porch Tony is Tony, both on Twitter. Yowza is at... Let me check. <laughs> I think he's at CT Yowza or something like I that. I think so, probably. Yes, it is. CT Yowza. CT Yowza, yes. And then uh, I am uh, asking that uh, you please rate, subscribe, all that jazz. It helps us out. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, and I hope that this this is uh, more or less what Josh would want me to say. Um, I'm, I'm less good at the, uh, the throwing adverts around as Josh is. That's more his strength and my weakness. How'd I do? I think you did pretty good. Thank you. I mean, your voice isn't marketable and it sounded awful, but you got the job done. <laughs> um, we missed Josh this week, uh, and we are looking forward to the next podcast you hear should have my voice, Josh's voice, Yao's voice, all in the same place, along with some more people. Uh, and that is exciting. We're all going to be in the same place, all talking around a table. It's going to be crazy. We've never done that before. And that should be fun. So look forward to that. Uh, and I guess we should sing out. Uh, ready? What are we singing? Hi-ho. 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 Here like this Hold your hand And steal a kiss or two On the front porch With you